This is the Ball Talk Pod. Evan Kinsey. Starting Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinzer. On today's show, my friend Samuel Stans, writer for the Ball Talk blog, who is also, like me, a diehard Lakers fan and NBA draft guru, joins the show. Sam, thanks for coming on. Hey, man, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Samuel recently wrote an NBA mock draft for my blog, the Ball Talk blog, and gave thorough analysis on the first round. And he did a great job, I must add. Um, Samuel... Tell my viewers about your thought process with your picks. So for me, and you're going to see it throughout the, you know, the entirety of the article, I'm putting a premium on, you know, the, the next wave big man, right? I'm, I'm putting a premium on guards or wings who can hit the three, right? And kind of guard positions one, two, three, and four. Um, and then it just kind of goes from there. So, for me, I find it kind of crazy to not be kind of all in on DeAndre Ayton, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marvin Bagley III, um, Wendell Carter, and Mo Bamba. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Luka Doncic, but again, he's kind of hitting all of the, you know, all of the priorities that I have. So, you know, I don't know, kind of, kind of, crucial to be getting those guys at the top in my opinion so at number one you had deandre ayton to the phoenix suns most have him slotted there but why do you think he's their guy um nobody's worked down in the middle for them right uh you've got dragon bender who else they've got out there they've got alex lynn who hasn't worked for him tyson chandler's about to come off right they need somebody down you know uh, down low, DeAndre Ayton's kind of the obvious guy, right? He's got the size, right? He's got all the athleticism. He can shoot it from three, right? He's got the post moves. He has defensive capabilities. He just didn't necessarily show it because he was, you know, playing before at times because, you know, in college ball, they're still kind of doing the old school two posts, um, you know, on top of just being an absolute freak. And so I, I see, you know, some people compare him to David Robinson. I see a little bit more of DeMarcus Cousins. Quite frankly, I don't think he can put it on the floor the way that Boogie can, certainly. Um, but again, he's he's super young and he's super green. Um, it's a nice pick. Is it necessarily who I would pick at one? No, right? Because there are, you know, there are other bigs that I like uh, mobility-wise. But Aiden's an easy kind of safe pick there at one. Yeah. Um, the reason I really like Aiden is I think he has all the intangibles, um, some will say he has a killer mentality that you just can't teach. Uh, took up several second halves this season. Uh, he's also got the build to be a dominant force in NBA, like you said, like a boogie or David Robinson. In high school, uh, he was pretty slender for his size. But, you know, when he got to Arizona, his dedication to the weight room, uh, improving his body showed, and he developed an NBA-ready body very quickly. That's also a reason why I think teams like him because – uh, they'll get that dedication to improve himself any way possible. I think it's pretty much a lock that he stays in the desert, though. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. And, I, you know, kind of to piggyback off of your point, 
right? He just recently started getting in the weight room, right? So if you see him, you know, with an NBA regiment, NBA trainer, right? What is he looking like in, you know, two to three years? Um, so I, I, I completely get it. Pretty sure there's a report that came out that said he had never weightlifted before he got to Arizona. Exactly. So imagine, like you said, um, doing a Julius Randle type program, what he can do. Mm-hmm. Now, at two, you have the Sacramento Kings taking European superstar Luka Doncic, the guy you like uh, really well. This seems like the logical pick for the Sacramento Kings, but the only prospect that reportedly wants to go there is Marvin Bagley, the third out of Duke. How much do you think that plays a role in the Kings' selection? Well, I think that's interesting. Uh, certainly, you want someone who's bought in, and I think it's kind of hard to buy into. You know, Sacramento give it. They they had one good draft last year, and they have kind of an okay cast. But you know, the criticism I have again is of the coach, and that's kind of what I talk about in the mock draft. Is just they have this very old school kind of style of play, and so. Let's say they draft Marvin Bagley, right? Well, they're going to slot him alongside, you know, someone like Willie Cauley-Stein um, or even, you know, Scal uh, which I don't think is a good fit. I think you need to kind of put him at the five and give him someone at the four who can kind of defend all positions and give him room to operate, which is why I like him in Atlanta with John Collins in the draft or uh, in my mock draft. Um and I also think it's kind of an underestimation of what they have in Willie Cauley-Stein, who I think is, is really kind of great. And obviously, you know all about him, you know, being from Kentucky. Yeah. So, you know, for me, Luka Doncic, I, honestly, he should probably be, you know, the number one pick. Everything that he's accomplishing, right, in, you know, the second best league in the world uh, at 19, year old, 19 years old is unprecedented. Um, you've got this six eight wing who can run point guard, right, who can create his own shot. Um, what's, what's not to like, you know, frankly, on top of everything else? So um, I think he fits into what they're doing. I think he might kind of make De'Aaron Fox obsolete, which – you know, can be problematic, but again, you're not necessarily drafting thinking like, well, I'm not going to take this guy because he, you know, makes someone obsolete, right? You're taking who is going to be best going forward. And I think that's, you know, I think that's a good answer. It doesn't, it doesn't really connect with me why the Suns aren't considering as much or, or reports are not um, saying that they are, but um, their Suns new head coach, Igor, I can only know his last name. Uh, yeah, I, he, I can't pronounce it. But he was the national team coach for Slovenia, uh, Luke mm-hmm. Donkett's coach. Um, and they also, it seems like they have a hole at the point guard. Mm-hmm. See Den, uh, Devin Booker running some uh, point guard and then taking um, some of the responsibility with Luka. Uh, they, all, they already have the forwards in place with TJ Warren and Josh Jackson. Uh, and then they, I like Bender and Chris. It's yet to be seen how good they are. Mm-hmm. I think they're one piece away from being pretty solid. Um, so I, I would like them to consider uh, Donkin there. But um, I don't know about this pick. I think a bat probably is going to go there because, like they said, Donkic might – what a report that came out said he might not enter the draft this year. I think a lot of that had to be with maybe going to Sacramento. So – I think Bagley probably goes there just because of that reason. But Donkic is definitely the best player there. Well, and Sacramento is kind of playing a cool, right? We've heard about, you know, 
uh, Doncic recently, right now Bagley, and even Michael Porter is part of it. I think Michael Porter Jr. is, you know, such the king's pick, right, to just kind of come out of left field and take this guy who's all of a sudden climbing. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me as well. He, he, he doesn't necessarily fit what they're doing currently, right, but he would fit into what I would like them to do um, to kind of finally begin going this four-out look, um, you know, and then having Willie Cauley-Stein do what he does. Um, but again, who knows? Um, and I have, you know, and you'll see it again in the mock, you know, the Chicago Bulls probably trading up to get him uh, with the Grizzlies. We can talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I posted on Twitter the other day, I sent it to um, the Kings. If they select, Porter Jr. will have had the last three number one players in high school. Uh, they had, they picked Scalabissier in 2016. He was number one at the end of the season, but he was for part of the year. Then Ben Simmons caught up to him. Then Harry Giles, they selected him at 20 last year, I believe. Uh, and then this might take Porter Jr. Uh, yeah, like you said, going right out of, I think you said left field. I'm not big on baseball. I watch a little bit. don't know the term. Right. But uh, like uh, a couple years ago, Georgios uh, Papayanis, that was <laughs> Total surprise to almost everybody. Um, and also, who do you compare Luca to? <laughs> who can you compare him to, I guess? I'm trying to think um, off the top of my head, like the comparisons. Um, there were some people saying James Harden, uh, the way hmm. he's not really have an NBA body, doesn't have amazing athleticism, but he has – a phenomenal court vision and can shoot it very well. I kind of like that comparison. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I can dig on Harden, right? Especially with you know the potential uh, defensive woes, if you will. But he's much bigger than Harden, right? He's he's listed at six eight. So I'm wondering if it's someone like. Man, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. I don't know if I have a, a legitimate comparison. I don't know if we've seen. You know, somebody like this in recent years. Maybe Scottie Pippen? Ooh. I don't know. You know, defense. Scottie Pippen at the defense. I don't know. I mean, for me, I Scotty so much, it's all about the defense, right? And you kind of, when we've talked back and forth, you kind of are finding that I'm leading on the defensive stuff uh, as like a strong suit of what I'm desiring. So I wouldn't give him Pippen. But I mean, that's interesting for an offensive comparison. I really don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to do my homework on uh, a Doncic comparison. Okay, so going to the Atlanta Hawks pick, you have the player that wants to go to the Kings, Marvin Bagley the third, going number three to the Atlanta Hawks. This is probably one of the most safer picks you could say in the draft that any team could make. He has a very high floor and still a very high ceiling. What are the Hawks? Why do the Hawks take him there? I mean, for me, I see Bagley as somebody who could be a number one pick. And I'm actually surprised that he's not being considered up there. Uh, maybe it's because of all the stuff that everyone says about him defensively. Right, if you read in the mock draft, I don't, I don't think that Bagley's defensive issues are as big as they're made out to be. I think it's more a matter of him not knowing how to play. Right, defensively in a team scheme, I think 
you know, once he gets caught up to speed with NBA coaches and NBA players, right, he'll be quite good there. Um, right, you're already seeing, you saw this year if you were watching the Lakers, right, Julius Randle made huge strides defensively, right. Bagley's kind of a similar player, but is taller and longer, right, and is actually more athletic. So I don't see him having issues, right, maybe immediately, but not right now. And then you're looking at, you know, what he can do offensively. He's incredibly raw, and he's already – you know, averaging something like 22 points a game in college, um, it just kind of made everyone look silly, right? He's going to catch up, or it's almost like to me, you know, uh, if you've seen Avatar, right, where, you know, uh, Jake Sully's trying to get used to the Avatar body, right? I think that's Marvin Bagley, right? And once he grows into it, he's going to be just phenomenal, in my opinion, right? I would seriously consider him and Doncic at number one, frankly. A lot of people don't realize he reclassified to come into this draft. Uh, he really is a high school senior coming into his freshman year of college. Uh, uh-huh. Decided to forego that uh, final year and go ahead and play at Duke. Also, um, he had, like you said, over like 21, 22 points a game. He honestly really wasn't the number one option either. Grayson Allen got most of the looks. Bag, mm-hmm. um, if you watch it, a lot of it was a drop-down pass from Wendell Carter or they'll do an alley-oop. Uh, very rarely did they give him um, threes or mid-range jumpers or a post-up. He just got what came to him. So if you get an offense built around him, uh, mm-hmm. no telling what he can do. Uh, well, and I like his fit next to John Collins, right? And I, you know, Collins can shoot it, right? He can run, pick and roll. He can spot up, right? He's good for dump offs, et cetera. Where I think Bagley's going to be able to create his own shot, right? Which again is really what. NBA fives have we seen create their shot? Right, the only person that comes to mind immediately is someone like Demarcus Cousins. Right, when I'm talking about creating their shot like off, you know, from the perimeter, right, and Bagley can do that. He reminds you a lot of Chris Bosh, honestly. Uh, Okay. Both left-handed. Both, I think Bosh was fourth picked in the draft. Um, Yeah. But he just a lot like him and plays more of a perimeter-oriented game. Let's the game come to him. I like that. Uh, Bosch wasn't really highly regarded defensively also, if you remember that. Um, never was great in Miami. They always have to have uh, Chris Anderson on the floor, Udonis Haslam. Um, so that's a comparison I really like. You can really make a comparison for most players in this draft other than Donkic, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and it's funny you say Chris Bosch, right? If you're telling me I can get a – you know, someone like Chris Bosch at third in the draft, I take that immediately. And for me, right, I remember defensively Chris Bosch in, uh, I think it was the 2008 Olympics, mm-hmm. right? And they needed him on the floor because Dwight wasn't able to cut it against kind of that European style of play uh, defensively, right? And what are we seeing in the NBA now? Kind of this more, you know, fast-paced European style of play. So, absolutely, give me a ceiling of, of, of Chris Bosch right now who, you know, was instrumental in that, you know, those Miami Heat championships. Now, at four, you have last year's top-rated high school prospect, Michael Porter Jr. from Missouri, going to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies haven't really hit on a prospect. I guess since you, uh, Mike Conley, you could say, and he hasn't mm-hmm. been selected as an all-star so far. Do the Grizzlies finally get a pick right, or is this going to be another bust for the franchise? Well, I, I think they trade this pick, right? I think they want to get up off of Chandler Parsons. And, you know, you and I had discussed the possibility that, 
you know, they think they can contend. And if they can get out of Chandler Parsons and maybe uh, make a trade for someone who can help them win now, maybe that's something they can do. Um, yeah, I can totally see Chicago trading up to try to get this pick. Chicago has the cap space to take on Parsons' deal. Um, I'm, I'm iffy on Michael Porter Jr., um, but at the same time, he could you know be kind of a Joel Embiid situation. He reminds me kind of of like a Michael Beasley or even like a, Carm- a Carmelo Anthony, um, but we haven't seen him. And for some reason, he's getting all of this hype, you know, a few days before the draft. And so I'm wondering if, one, he looked great in his workouts, he looked healthy, and that his medicals are, you know, apparently, you know, getting kind of A-pluses, if you will. Um, But I see Memphis trading it. I see a lot of teams trading. Well, what I like about him is he's, like, silky smooth. Um, Mm -hmm. For that reason, he reminds me of Paul George. He likes to do the Mm. dribble uh, crossover uh, Step back jumper like Paul George does, likes to get in the paint, and can also rebound pretty well like George. Um, I don't know how much he plays defense. You didn't get to see him much at Missouri. Mm-hmm. But, um, I guess if if you saw him playing defense in his workout, you have to be intrigued by him. Uh, yeah, I do see them trading this pick. I don't know. I guess you probably Chicago. Um, what do you think a package might be with that deal? Well, I think Chicago simply just takes on Chandler Parsons' deal. Maybe, you know, they have all sorts of guard filler. Um, So Chandler Parsons, the pick, right, and then I think Chicago can just kind of absorb him into cap space. Another player that's possible that we've been hearing about, and apparently the Clippers are very active right now, right on trade calls, I could even see the Clippers doing something, right, where they take on Chandler Parsons um, and get the fourth pick, and they trade, you know, 12-13 and filler, maybe uh, Danilo Gallinari, which I think ESPN was reporting that. Uh Something else with the Grizzlies, Mo Bamba apparently does not want to be drafted by the Grizzlies. So I wouldn't expect them taking him anyways, but he you can pretty much bet he's not going number four. Yeah, I don't get that one. I, I find it interesting that no one's, you know, well, they're not the Sacramento of the draft, right? But I find it interesting the Grizzlies have kind of been a, a top-rate franchise for the past, you know, eight-something years, and, and I think the Grizzlies need to kind of strike while they can on this kind of big, heavy draft, at least at the top of the draft. Um, and it's interesting, and I note this in the mock draft, that they potentially lose their 2019 first-round pick, right? Uh, if it is 9 through 30, it goes to Boston. Um, so, right, do you try to make this kind of win-now move, right, in the NBA, in the league that's, you know, probably not a possibility against Golden State in whatever super team forms, or do you blow it up right now? Right. For me, I would absolutely blow it up. Right. And then, you know, get a big man of the future right now, guarantee your pick next year. And you're getting good, nice picks or parts for both Marcus all and Mike Conley. Um, but that's me. I think that, um, he doesn't want to go there cause they already have an established player. It doesn't look like they're going to remove Gasol. If they were going to move him, they probably would have traded him to the Celtics uh, at the deadline last year. Mm. It seems like they want to build with him and try and be competitive for a few years. So uh, I can see why Bomber doesn't want to go there. But I like your point on the Clippers. But are you going to trade bad salary for bad salary? Danilo Gallinari is a better player than Parsons at this point. But still, it's a brutal salary, just like Parsons. 
Well, I want to look it up real quick how long the deal is. Um, um, give me one second. Oh, wow. Okay, they actually both have about the same deal. Um, I guess it's just a matter of the fact that I think maybe you're getting more out of Gallinari than you are Chandler Parsons. Um, but, the, again, these are kind of really very similar players, right? 6'9", six, 6'10", six, small forwards. I should really probably be playing at the four at this point. Uh, long injury history. Um I guess for me, I just think of Chandler Parsons and his history with DeAndre Jordan, right? Does he help them retain Jordan? Does he help them recruit guys, which is kind of what he was doing, uh, you know, a few years ago? I, I'm not sure. Or maybe it's a different deal. Uh, now, with the fifth pick in the draft, you have the Dallas Mavericks taking my favorite prospect in the draft, yeah. big man Mo Bamba. I think this pick gives the Mavs a chance to be competitive sooner than later uh, because he would be able to at least contribute defensively day one with his right. feet wingspan. And I also believe Rick Carl makes him a dominant force for years to come if he lands there. What do you think about this pick? I love Mo Bamba. <laughs> I'm, I'm really high on him. I'm surprised. You know, I've seen some mocks have him going as, as – as Four is seven to Chicago, which is beyond me. Home run for the Bulls. I, I, I can't fathom that. Um, I'm just obsessed with his athleticism, right? The possibility that he's going to turn into this guy who can stretch the floor. Um, you know, you know, and what I said in my mock was that, you know, day one, his floor, in my opinion, is, is Clint Capella. A bigger Clint Capella. A bigger, longer Clint Capella, right, who was pivotal in that Houston series. Um, and then you see him potentially developing into this kind of unicorn, right? I compare him to Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. Just all that length and the skills that he, uh, you know, has potentially is, is too enticing for me. So if he falls at five, wow. Uh, I don't care, you know, that the Mavericks have Nowitzki and et cetera. At some point, they have got to just move forward. And I think Bomba kind of can represent, you know, the next stage who they should be holding on to, you know, the next 12 to 15 years. Um, incredible value at number five to me. So if he falls past five and goes to seven and then the Grizzlies trade with the Bulls at seven and five, mm -hmm. uh, four, is it four? It's five or seven. I don't know. Which one, whichever it is. Um, seven. I would like the Lakers to maybe try and get on this trade. I know they have to give up some assets, but I think you have to go at the opportunity to get him now. I think Bomba will be phenomenal. Um, and I like his I like his comparison to um, Rudy Gobert defensively and Miles Turner offensively. I've been saying that for a while. Uh, I try and watch every Texas game. Um, mm -hmm. that's a national televised just so I can see Bomba. Um, and if you watch him carefully, um, he really didn't get that many touches. He'd have great positioning, but they didn't have many great passers, so they couldn't get the ball down to him. He would have mm -hmm. averaged Marvin Bagley-type numbers with the defense if he had great passers. So um, I think he's very underrated there. And if you see uh, some of his workouts, he's been working on his jumper, uh, that's going to be scary for uh, a lot of teams. No, I completely agree. I, if the and what upsets me is that because of the plan that's in motion right now, right, nothing's going to happen with LeBron. Nothing's going to happen with Kawhi before you know tomorrow night. Uh, whereas you know the Lakers are missing out on a possible you know salary dump, if you will. From right, this is going to come from. Um, 
sorry, uh, coming from Memphis. Potentially, this is coming from uh, Denver. I'm trying to see who else is potentially trying to shed salary. The Hawks are even trying to potentially trade back. Um, even the Sixers are trying to uh, drop some salary to Jared Bayless' contract. Yeah, so... You, you know me, right? I, I really want them to build around the kids, and I can't – nothing is more important to me than finding this kind of next-generation big man. If you can put Mo Bamba right next to Kyle Kuzma or Julius Randle, I mean, it's just – it's too good to pass up. It's not going to happen, right, because they're chasing Kawhi and LeBron and Paul George, but in an alternate universe, I would absolutely love that. Um. I'm gonna. I want to save the Lakers topics for later, but I just got to talk about it now. Um, maybe a deal they could do um, is uh, try and take. If they wanted to take on salary, they could take the Bayless contract off the Sixers' hands, and maybe take the 26th pick and the 38th pick. I think that'd be a nice deal for the Lakers. Take about nine million, and you get two really solid assets. I like us trading for picks because summer league is my favorite time of the year to watch Laker basketball. I've always been mm-hmm. summer league. Uh, I just want us to have a. I want us to win the uh, summer league championship almost as much. As I want us to make the playoffs. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I- no. I mean, I'm 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 all in on the kids. I'm all in on the kids. If they don't end up with any of these big time games, like I would be completely fine with that. I'm not in any rush for them to be trying to contend against. You know, the Houston Rockets, the Golden State Warriors, uh, any of these these teams who are constructed to win now or in the next three years, right, where there's going to be this big kind of power vacuum once Golden State is kind of through or LeBron is through. Um, I'm with you. Okay, well, we're just going to cover these top uh, five picks. Um, so if you want to check out the rest of Sam's picks, go to www.balltalkpod.com slash blog. Uh, it's a great read and certainly worth your time, so check it out. Um, but, Sam, before we discuss more on the Lakers draft, are there any other picks you really feel confident, confident in? Well, I kind of have a, a controversial one. Some people are really high on Trey Young. Um, I don't like him into the top ten. I, I, I like him going to the Clippers just because I think he is – not going to do well if he's not in a particular situation where he doesn't get thrown in the fire immediately. And I like the idea of Trey Young being mentored by Lou Williams uh, and Patrick Beverly, right? Lou Williams, because he's a similar kind of small guard who gets buckets, uh, you know, kind of in a variety of way. And then Patrick Beverly for two reasons, right? One being that Beverly can teach him how to defend, right, at kind of a similar size. Um, but also, right, Trey Young can go, go at him all the time in practice, right, to kind of really get everything out of Trey Young to, you know, become what everyone expects him to be. Um, but I don't have him in the top ten like some people do. Um, and then I'm a big fan of, you know, I might, I might be saying it wrong, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander going to the Nuggets yeah, that's right. uh, to shore up their backcourt. Um, it would be kind of beautiful to see them kind of just suffocating opposing backcourts, right, as, as two kind of defensive guards and Gary Harris and Shea Gilgis. Um you know, I mean, there's, I like all of my picks, quite frankly. Um, I'm worried about who's going to fall to the Lakers or if anyone falls to the Lakers, um, but that's kind of what we're getting into in a second. Okay, so our favorite team, like we've been talking about most of the uh, time, the Los Angeles Lakers are in a position we haven't been in a while. After having the second overall pick the last three drafts and number seven to get Joyce Randall in 2014, 
The Lakers earned the end of the first round this year at 25 after a trade deadline deal that sent Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clark to the Cavs in exchange for Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, and now the 25th pick in the draft. But we also have the 47th pick in the draft, something you've been looking at uh, quite a bit. Uh, we acquired from the Chicago Bulls in the salary dump. That You're hoping for another salary dump, too. Uh, Jose, Jose Calderon in 2016. You have Mitchell Robinson, the former McDonald's All-American, committed to Western Kentucky University, following to us at 25. Um, I like him also, but what do you like about him? I mean, I think it's just a shot at getting one of these next-generation bigs, right? Um, in his draft class, if you will, out of high school, right, he was ranked top five. Right, alongside DeAndre and Marvin Bagley, et cetera, right? I've seen film, right? We've all, you know, get on YouTube, et cetera. I've seen him work Marvin Bagley. I've seen him work DeAndre Aiden, right? He has kind of all the skills that you want from your next-gen big, right? He can protect the rim, right? He can shoot it from deep, right? He can slide his feet and, you know, guard one through five, right, and pick and roll. Um, I do worry... Uh, you know, certainly about the decision-making that's kind of taken place, right, to not get any sort of college ball, um, you know, at all, right, and then to not do any of the measurements um, and only just kind of did the one workout. It's kind of been mum um, with Mitchell Robinson, but again, if guys like Kevin Herter aren't there or let's say a Josh Okogi who I'm kind of high on, right, I, I take a, you know, a big swing at Mitchell Robinson. If he pans out, he does. If he doesn't, you know, not the biggest deal with the 25th pick, right? They're kind of playing with house money anyway after bamboozling the Cavaliers in that trade. Even if Robinson doesn't pan out in the NBA, I think it would be – I would want to watch every G League game just see Thomas Bryant and uh, um, Mitchell Robinson together playing in the court at the same time. That would yeah. be amazing. Summer League would be highlight reel after highlight reel. That would be amazing. Well, and I like Tom Bryant, too. I was really kind of upset Thomas Bryant didn't get any any burn this year on the parent team. Yeah, I really liked him. Um, it just, I thought um, if everything doesn't pan out, like you don't want Boogie, I kind of want Boogie, uh, but if we can't get another center and if Brooke Lopez leaves, it's either going to be um, this, whoever we pick at 25, Zubats or Bryant. I think uh, – Bright gets a lot of burn there. Maybe he'd be the starter. I mean, frankly, if let's say the Lakers strike out on uh, LeBron and all that, I would I would actually love if they got Demarcus Cousins. Um, I was, you know, I'm a big fan of his. I'm just concerned, given the Achilles injury. Right, he wasn't exactly this kind of mobile guy, explosive guy, and so we're going to see, you know, what is he now after the Achilles injury? Um, but before the Achilles injury, I really was hoping that they were just going to get Paul George and DeMarcus Cousins as opposed to Paul George and LeBron James, right? I thought that was kind of a, the smarter play for a longer championship window. Uh, if he's going to take a really big one-plus-one deal with a uh, team option on the second deal, second year, that would be a home run for the Lakers also. I don't think national media is going to um, get onto them for that. That's going to be a great deal for the Lakers. Well, and some people criticize that, and some people are like, oh, I don't want any part of DeMarcus Cousins. I think it's really kind of overblown, right? People talk about character issues, right? They don't pay attention to all the, you know, kind of work he does in the community or that he did do in the community in Sacramento and that he did in New Orleans this year. Um, I think a lot of that was just the fact that he was growing up, and Sacramento is a horrible organization. Um, I would love to have him. There are several prospects that I like at 25, including uh, Josh Okogie, K- 
Kevin Hurt, Dante DiVincenzo. My favorite, Aaron Holiday, even though I highly doubt he's available here. Jacob Evans, Jalen Brunson, and like you said, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, I know you like Anthony Simons also, but are there any other guys you would be happy with at that spot? No, I'm, I'm actually right with you, right? Uh, actually, one that you didn't list is Troy Brown. And despite the fact that, you know, Troy Brown's kind of a heralded guy in the most recent ESPN mock draft, he's goes as low as 24, right, which is, is right before Los Angeles. Uh, and he didn't even get a, a green room invite for the NBA draft, I'd be more than happy with Troy Brown. But for me, it's really a matter of Kevin Herter, Troy Brown, Mitchell Robinson, and and, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. After that, right, I feel like the value kind of drops off, and then you're looking at mainly kind of second round uh, kind of dudes where, you know, 25 to 40, you're getting similar players. Um, So I I would actually look at, even just trading back with someone like Atlanta to get 30 and 34. Yeah. Um, you, you're not really high on Brunson. I, I love Brunson. Uh, he was just national player of the year, led Nova to the national championship. I think he was more important than uh, Mikel Bridges on the team. Brunson would be a phenomenal backup player for the Lakers, and he also has a connection with Josh Hart. So what, uh, what do you think about Brunson? I like Brunson in the second round, you know, so maybe if you make that, that Atlanta deal, right, you go and get him with a 34th pick, you know, but if we're going to talk about kind of this older point guard, you know, give me Javon Carter, right? But again, you know, I'm obsessed with defensive guys, right? I just love watching Carter heat up the ball. Um, Probably available at 47. You th- yeah, I, there's someone I like better at 47 that we'll kind of get into. But I like what you you know I like the idea of getting Brunson because of the Josh Hart connection. That's why I like DiVincenzo in that he's going to fit seamlessly into that locker room. Assuming, of course, that you don't send out all the kids in some you know big Kawhi Leonard trade. But I like all these guys here. I think a Kogi is also really interesting. I, mm-hmm. I, his activity level reminds me of. David Nawaba. Um, he also has a very polished offensive game. Um, I really like him there. Uh, if these guys are available, it's going to be a, a good draft, not for the Lakers. The only thing, Herter's probably going to be gone by then, but the only thing uh, hurt yeah. me with Herter is uh, he's out with injury, and we wouldn't see him in summer league, which uh, would bother me. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, but that happened with Julius Randle, if you remember. Um, but if I, don't, I I want Herder, there's no way. I think I have him, you know, as high as going 16th or 16th or 17th to Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see it happening as much as he would fit, just you know, perfectly. Um, and if with uh, that deal you're talking about to absorb some salary, uh, get the 14th pick, he'd be available there also. Yeah, but at that point, then you're looking at someone like a. If Michael Bridges, I'm sorry, if Cal Bridges is available, or Miles Bridges is available, or even Isaiah Smith, I want that. I want that desperately. Um, so I don't know if I'd take Herter there necessarily, but you know, maybe even the Phoenix pick at 16 is something that's worth you know trading up for. And then you kind of look at you know Kevin Herter. You know, if I had my druthers, right, I'd have them take on Kenneth Reed's deal, and I'd somehow. Uh, 
you know, get that Suns pick as well to get two guys, you know, so give me like Miles Bridges and Kevin Herter at the same time and get the 25th pick, right? But again, I'm all about the youth movement. Okay, I see why you like Mikael Bridges. I'm really big on him. But Mm. when I watch Miles Bridges as a freshman at Michigan State, he just got lost all the time. He's like kind of floated. Remind me of Harrison Barnes with the Warriors. Mm. He wasn't there all the time. And then Zaheer Smith, he wasn't really much offensively. I don't like his form very much. It's I, ugly. Yeah, I, I just I don't like that. I like guys that can do both. He seems like a Tony Allen type guy to me. But I, there's value with those guys, but I don't think there's mm. that in the lottery. That's a really interesting comparison for Smith. Um, I mean, he shot it well. I think he shot, you know, something like 30, I'm sorry, 40% from three point, but his, his attempts were, you know, pretty minimal, right? So it's kind of a small sample size. Uh, I'm really high on Miles Bridges. I just think he's just a gamer. Um, and I, I would love his fit with the Lakers core, right? If we're talking about chemistry, right? So I like DiVincenzo or Bridges uh, because of Josh Hart, and right? And I like uh, Miles Bridges because of Kyle Kuzma, right? Which would just kind of make that even more of a fun young core that, that gels really well. I see your point there. Um, but so pick number 47, we talked about a little bit. Uh, it's harder to judge than 25, obviously. But there will still be some nice prospects available at that slot. You told me previously that you like a guy from Virginia there, I think. Uh, yes, sir. But there are there any others you like there? Um, so, yeah, I like the I like Devin Hall out of Virginia. I think he's a third year, maybe he's even a senior, right? But he's 6'6", he's 6'7", six, 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 right? He shot like 40% all three years of college, right? He can defend, you know, about one through four. Um, really solid program. You know, I'm not sure why he's not higher, right? He doesn't do, he doesn't do really well in the lane, right? But he kind of plays his role, right? He defends and he, and he hits the long ball, right? So at 47, if I can get a surefire kind of, you know, rotation guy, I'm taking that. You know, I'm also intrigued by uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Um, no. Oh, no. Tell me about it. Well, I, I watch UK a lot, but if you watch his first few games, I know it's just the first few games, small sample size, but mm-hmm. he's very active, but he misses so many layups. I would – it's – it's like Jewish Randall times ten missing layups. Like remember the first couple of years, Randall? Yeah. It's way worse than that. Than like point Blake layups. I can't I can't do it. Uh, but I like if he could make layups, uh, he'd be nice, but he can't shoot also. Even a mm-hmm. shooter than uh, Randall. I think you're hoping for a Randall top, but he's yeah. it's far off. It's gonna take a lot to get him there. But I mean, I'm all in on Devin Hall at 47, and for some reason, he's he's there in all the mocks, and sometimes he doesn't even go drafted in some of the mocks. Um, and he worked out for the Lakers, so there's that too. I also like uh, maybe I'm mispronouncing it, Raleigh Alkins, yeah, uh, out of Arizona. If he falls, I'm I think he's special, right? I see him almost like kind of a James Harden type, oh. which is maybe a wild kind of a wild projection for him. I think he's. Very underrated, especially because he had the you know he had the injury this year that kind of threw him off. I like Trier more than I like uh, uh what do you say, Raleigh Alkins. Yeah, I, I like his teammate Trier way more than Alkins. Oh man, I, it, it, did he work out for the Lakers? I'm not sure. I don't even think he he might not say it in the draft, but I like mm-hmm. Trier a lot more. 
Uh, my guys here at 47, I told you about him the other day, Chemezi Metu. Yeah. From USC, forward center. Uh, flashed some brilliance last year, and I think that uh, with his improved jumper, uh, he had some workouts come out. He hit like a 12 in a row. I was really impressed. He always had a nice touch at USC, but uh, his three-pointer is coming along nicely from the uh, NBA range. And uh, the way he runs the floor, imagine that with Lonzo. Uh, yeah. He's run, he runs about like, uh, if you think with a center or a forward like Jewish Randall, that's how fast he runs. Uh, I think he would work really well with the Lakers. Uh, and also like Savi Makalu here from Kansas shot 44% from Oh, yeah. Uh, he shot extremely well. Uh, he looks NBA ready. He also competes on defense. The only thing I think is holding teams back from selecting him is um, his visa. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, he might not get that. Uh, there, there's some reports coming out that he might have to go back. Uh, overseas, but that's the only thing really. If they could get that figured out, I think the Lakers should definitely try and get him there. Yeah, I definitely think he could be one of those like, what the hell picks, right? That's kind of happened throughout the years where it's like, who is Larry Nance Jr., right? Who is blah? And then, you know, they kind of end up being an ace for them. I I like him. If we can't get harder at 25, this would be a great fallback option at 47. Yeah. Yeah. and then now we're going to transition into some trade talk. Reports have come out that Kawhi Leonard wants a trade out of Santa, the San Antonio Spurs organization and is looking at a trade to Los Angeles to either the Lakers or Clippers with a preference to the Lakers. I, along with a ton of Laker fans, including you, have mixed emotions on this. National media think that the Lakers should jump on the opportunity um, that the young guys probably won't be as great as we think they are. We're just being homers. But I have grown attached to our young pieces, uh, and I think that they can be a group that contends for years to come. 10, 15 years will be in the playoffs. Um, but if the opportunity arises and we don't lose more than two pieces of the core, I would definitely be okay with the deal. Um, maybe I would be okay with losing one of – me just saying it hurts. Like I Kuzma, or I would be uh, most um, okay with losing Kuzma. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, just because of the defense, but I'd right. rather not lose any. But if it means we have a shot to contend immediately, I would be okay with the deal. Uh, well, what is your thoughts on this? I'm worried it's going to cost two of them, right? So when I say two of them, I, you. You're kind of three main dudes, uh, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. I think it takes two of them to get it done with San Antonio. Uh, Something I think that's interesting and hasn't been floated out is the idea of maybe a Julius Randle sign-and-trade, and then you do, you know, Randle and an Ingram or Randle and a Kuzma, Um, and then it kind of lessens the, the, the hurt, if you will, from trading one of the young guys. Um, but I, I don't know how they, how they make this work without having to get out of Lou Aldang, right? Which may even kind of require a third team to take on Lou Aldang. And right. We've kind of heard about, uh, Phoenix, you know, doing some kind of sort of three team deal so they can get Lonzo ball and hey, uh, took on uh Mozgov today. Maybe uh cup check wants to get the whole game back together. Yeah. He wants Lou Aldang, right? Um, so, 
I, I would like for them to explore the idea of Julius Randle signing trade, so maybe Julius Randle, and they're going to want Brandon Ingram. Um, I don't know what team isn't going to want Brandon Ingram in any sort of trade when they're they're talking to the Lakers, so I think it's those two. Um, the good news is that it sounds like San Antonio is not high on Lonzo Ball, right, because of the whole kind of LeVar Ball circus. Um but if you're getting all three of Paul George, LeBron, and Kawhi, you do need Lonzo there, right? It's kind of your larger Rajon Rondo um, to make it all work. Uh, I think, honestly, I think the Spurs would probably take Kuzma, Hart, and then some picks for uh, Kawhi because they're not going to get as much as the report came out today. He's going to tell teams that's where he's going. They're really mm-hmm. high on Kuzma. Uh, I'd say they're pretty high and hard also, uh, the way he plays on both ends. <clears throat> With the picks, that also throws in. If you're, you're getting that for a one-year rental, uh, teams are going to offer much more than that, especially with uh, San Antonio being high on Kuzma. Yeah, and actually last year when I did my mock, my last, last year's mock draft, I had Kuzma going to the Spurs. I thought he was such a Spurs pick, and I think Josh Hart is also kind of a Spurs guy. The only thing about that, let's say it is Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart. Like, I can totally – I'd be able to live with that because you still have Ingram and uh, Lonzo and Randall, perhaps, uh, for that matter. But you'd have to send Lou Aldang as well, which I just – I feel like that's a hard pill to swallow for San Antonio to take on that contract. Uh- I'm proud of myself because I had Kuzma going 26 for the Blazers. So I'm mm-hmm. even higher than the Lakers maybe did. So I'm happy. Yeah. That. Um, I don't know. I was kind of honestly, I'm with not many people uh, with this. I wanted the Lakers to play Lula Dang some this year. I know I'm <laughs> crazy. I just, I just wanted to play Dang a little bit. Well, I think you can have some value at, you know, the same role that Kuzma had. And, right, Luol Deng is going to be more defensively than Kuzma was. Um, yeah, and maybe you build up that, that kind of trade value. I wonder if you're able to hustle Tom Thibodeau, right, into taking him on somehow if you, you know, put picks or, a, you know, someone like Brandon Ingram who we'd probably really like Thank for a job. There's uh, some reports coming out that the Suns might trade the number one uh, for Towns. It may, if you listen to what Ryan McDonald's been saying, it really sounds like they're talking about Carl Towns. Yeah. Like, and then maybe put another like, – maybe take back some salary. The Lakers could jump in on that, get rid of Dang. Uh, maybe take him to um, Phoenix or Minnesota. Maybe a contract switching. Tyson Chandler goes somewhere. Tyson Chandler maybe goes to the Blazers, not the Blazers, the Wolves, and Dang Suns. It just there's a lot of things that you can do. I don't know if the team takes it for much so other than the Timberwolves or the Hornets. So. Well, I would much rather have Carl Anthony Towns than DeAndre Ayton. Right, I I make that deal immediately if I'm if I'm Phoenix if I can. Um, I think he's. I think he certainly ends up being the better prospect than Aiden. Towns doesn't play defense, though. That's my only concern with him. He doesn't play defense yet, <laughs> right? I mean, it's going I, to be his third year, third or fourth year, though. Uh, I yeah, kind of need to start stepping it up. I think you should have a two-year window. Uh huh. Step it up. Uh, I think my bias kind of, you know, comes into play with Carl Towns. I wanted the Lakers to get him so badly. 
uh, that year. I was on Jaleel Okafor the entire way. So oh god, I laid down the floor and was very upset when we picked D'Lo over. Okafor. Oh, I love the Russell. I, the, the Russell trade killed me. I can't. Don't talk about it. I like I like Russell after he got picked. After I watched his mm-hmm. reel, then I liked him. But at the time, I wanted Okafor. Oh wow! Yeah. No. I didn't. I want nothing. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, we all. You know, you look back and you're like, oh wow, I had this take. Okafor is one of the. You know, one of the ideas. I was like, no, I didn't want him. That I can kind of look back on. Like, okay, I got this one right. Yeah. I, I still want him. Uh, if we got him a free agency, it's, I just like even if he doesn't play at all, I'd like to see Jaleel Okafor finally be on the Lakers. Oh man. Uh, no way. Um. So if Kawhi does come via trade, mm-hmm. it makes it all more likely that LeBron James and Paul George come through free agency. Uh, adding these three players immediately makes us the biggest threat to the Warriors and maybe puts us as the favorite to win the title. Like you've said in the past, this wouldn't feel like a team that we really built, but we have the opportunity to win like a fran- like the franchise has always done. What do you mm-hmm. have a chance to win now instead of later? Well, yeah, we've talked a lot, and I've kind of been the main, um, you know, I've called myself the president of the, you know, anti-LeBron to L.A., but if LeBron brings you Kawhi Leonard, right, you'd be getting two top five players in the league on top of a top 15 player in the league and Paul George as well, right, and let's assume you retain Lonzo Ball, who I do think is going to be special, I think that team is better than Golden State, right? And the reason, which I, I know this is quite a departure from what I've originally said, um, but just looking at the matchup, um, Clay Thompson's not a shot creator in any kind of regard, right? Draymond Green is not a shot creator in any kind of regard, and so they're really leaning on Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry, right? Well, you can put Paul George... And you can put Kawhi Leonard at different times on Durant and wear him down, right? Ball can guard uh, Clay Thompson, right? LeBron, LeBron can rest on Draymond Green. Um, it's just it's just overwhelming, right? To have that many guys who can create their own shots uh, on the same team while you have a, a bigger Rajon Rondo who can maybe shoot better than Rajon Rondo. And you're probably returning Brooke Lopez, right? Because Lopez said that he would take a smaller deal, right? If, uh, if they're a contender, right? Well, obviously they become an immediate contender. Right? I think the, the utmost contender, if you land those three, so you're looking at Lonzo ball, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James and Brooke Lopez, right? As your starting five, right? And, you know, I think Lopez works JaVale McGee. I think he works Zaza Pachulia. Um, you got to do it. you got to do it. And Kawhi Leonard can be your next face of the franchise, right? I think he's the true heir apparent to Kobe. Um, wow. I think, I think he does it. Yeah, right. And some people, you know, I'm, I'm big on Kobe, right? I think the top three ever is Kobe, Jordan, and LeBron. Um but I think Kawhi can be that next Kobe Bryant, quite frankly. Um, I think, yeah, everyone's going to like LeBron James, but again, he's got two, three years left of being prime LeBron, right? So really the trade, you know, this deal is about setting it up for the next, let's say 10 years, right? Kawhi is only 25, 26 years old, right? And he does everything. Imagine if we could re-sign Randall with those guys, uh, the ability to move, oh my gosh, God. You have Ingram also. You could keep if you could keep Ingram and Lonzo. Maybe do the deal like Kuzma and Hart. 
and you keep. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, what I would, my ideal scenario would be just getting Paul George this summer and uh, re signing. If you sign him to a one year deal, right, to kind of earmark that cap space and then use your 2019 pick and, you know, maybe some you know, some filler to get off of Lou All Dang. And then that way you'd still be able to have Lonzo, Ingram, Julius Randle, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Paul George. And then go get Kawhi Leonard in 2019 free agency, right? You're set up to win for I don't know how long. And that team matches up with Golden State, right? And that's kind of your truly modern, uh, you know, NBA team that does everything. That's what I I got one more question for you, Sam. Yeah. Okay. Here's my hot take. I've been saying this. If the Lakers don't sign anyone and just bring back the same team, I think this team wins 45, ga- 45 uh, games. And I think if they just get Paul George, they get around 53. Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy at all. Right? I think you've got to consider the fact that they're going to be a year better. Um, they're not, you know, presumably not going to deal with all the injuries, right? If you remember, they were hot, right? Uh, coming out, what was that, January? Right after the LeVar Ball comments, right? They were hot. And then, you know, these injuries kind of took their toll and they were doing all sorts of rotation, you know, acrobatics. But no, I absolutely believe that, right? Add another rotation player, right? You know, and so I'm looking through the possible free agents. So, yeah, let's say you fizzle out on LeBron, Paul George, Cousins, Chris Paul, blah, blah, blah. But you've still got Contavious Caldwell Pope, right? Who you can sign on kind of a one, a one year large deal, right? Who was nice next to Lonzo Ball, right? Obviously, the the prison months, right, that he was weren't so hot, Jail right? Trevor. Right, Trevor Ariza's out there, um, who would, I'm sure, want to come back and play for Luke, right? And then you've got guys like uh, Avery Bradley, who was a Rob Polinka client, right? Nice shooter, right? Nice defender. Um, and then, you know, a little bit more wild, right? You have someone like Clint Capella, who's out there. Yeah. Try to read Derek Favors, and even you know, uh, much cheaper, someone like Nerlens Noel. Yeah, um, if like the a team goes all in after LeBron, or if they sign LeBron and they don't have much mm-hmm. cap, some teams are going to try and get some salary off. If we're already eliminated, we can get some assets out of that. And if he goes to Houston, they pretty much have to get rid of Capella. Exactly. We can definitely go in and get that. That'd just be a great team. I, I think playoffs are 100% positive next year. I'll be surprised if they don't. Yeah, I would too. And, again, I know that maybe we're really high on the young guys, but I think I think it's legitimate. I understand that there are a bunch of young cores, right? Everyone was hyped up about Chris Dunn and Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins and Towns together, and then people got hyped up about Devin Booker and Josh Jackson and, and on and on and on. I think this Lakers young squad is legit. I'm totally ready to die on that hill right now. Um, that they make the playoffs next year and that this is a legitimate team going forward in you know, the next 10 years. Zach Levine wouldn't be a bad option either. I love Zach Levine other than his defensive woes. But I think if you put him next to Lonzo, just 
Oh, oh my God. I mean, how well Caldwell Pope did, right, is kind of evidence of that. And I don't want to sound like LeVar Ball, but obviously Ingram played great this year. Randall played the best that he's, you know, played, you know, in his entire career and so on and so forth. So I, I wouldn't be totally against Zach Levine. That'd be a really young, exciting uh, backcourt, right? And I think Zach Levine kind of has star, you know, star flair, if you will, too. Well, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you joining me and for your hard work on the mock draft. Man, I appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity. I look forward to doing it again and, and uh, writing for you. Maybe we can uh, work together on some Paul George signing uh, reviews. <laughs> Maybe uh, talk about when we win the Summer League also. Oh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Yep. Thanks again, Sam. Uh, and you can check out his mock draft just in time for the draft by going to my site, www.balltalkpod.com blog, or checking out my social media outlets. This has been our interview with Ball Talk blog writer and NBA draft guru Samuel Stans on the Ball Talk Pod. Check out all our episodes on our site, www.balltalkpod.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all our social media outlets. Thank you.